0: at fbcaa.org live. We want to thank you for listening and pray that you will be edified. Join us now as Pastor Postiff opens God's Word. All right, good evening. Welcome to those who are joining us online, uh, whether live or sometime in the future. It's a blessing to have you uh, joining us this evening, for those who are here in person. This evening, uh, our pastor is away, ministering elsewhere, so we have our brother Drew Nelson Who is going to be bringing us the word this evening, and so welcome at this welcome him at this time to come up and to share with us from God's word. I am uh, excited to have an opportunity to uh, to share with you all uh, some stuff that has been on my mind over the past few weeks and uh, months. Story behind this is, um, you know, there's nothing new under the sun, and. What we see around us and frustrations uh, that we feel at times, I am fully confident that the Israelites uh, felt it themselves. And uh, we 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 have frustrations on this earth. You know why why we face heartaches and troubles and trials, and the Israelites had the same questions. And we have different, you know people there's lies about how uh, the world was formed and I'm sure the Israelites face that especially coming out of Egypt as well uh, there's a lot of great truth uh, that we can we can see here some encouragement that I like to uh, point out so I would like to uh, uh, do some reading out of Genesis and I would I'm going to make a couple points along the way some things I find interesting and as much as I enjoy uh, talking about the foolishness of evolution. I will hold off on, on pointing every, every bit out, but I will make some observations along the way. So let's start in Genesis chapter one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, and it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Then God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. Thus God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven. So the evening and the morning were the second day. Then God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place. Let the dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the third day. Then God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the fourth day. One thing I do wanna just pause here is that um, in my interactions with people at times, a lot of people that wanna try to squeeze uh, creation and evolution together, um, they will say that first off, well, what if a day is is a thousand years? But that's not true. That's only true when it's an abstract, such as uh, the day of the Lord. But when there's an actual time, morning and evening, it's a 24-hour period, always one day. The other objection I often receive is, well, how do you know there's a day if the sun and the moon were not created until the fourth day? Well, if you're in your house and you lose electricity and your clocks go out, does time stop? It does not. It's continuing on. God was creating the time, and he was just setting the clock. On the fourth day, he just set the clock. Let's continue. Verse 20. Then God said, Let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth, across the face of the firmament of the heavens. So God created sea creatures and every living thing that moves, with which the waters abounded according to their kind, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters and the seas, and let birds multiply on the earth. So the evening and the morning were the fifth day. Then God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind, cattle and creeping thing, and beast of the earth, each according to its kind. And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed to you, it shall be for food. Also, to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth, in which there is life. I have given every green herb for food and it was so then God saw everything that he had made and indeed it was very good so the evening and the morning were the sixth day thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished and on the seventh day God ended his work which he had done and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. This is the history of the heavens and the earth, when they were created, in the day the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, before any plant of the field was in the earth, and before any herb in the field had grown, for the Lord God had caused it to I'm sorry, had not caused it to rain on the earth, and there was no man to till the ground. But a mist went up from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed and out of the ground the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now a river went out of Eden to water the gar- garden, and from there it parted and became four riverheads. The name of the first is Pishon. It is the one which skirts the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. The delium and the onyx stone are there. The name of the second river is Gihon. It is the one which goes around the whole land of Cush. The name of the third river is Hidcotal. It is one which goes towards the east of Assyria. The fourth river is the Euphrates. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. One pause moment there is that when God created us, he did not create us just to sit around and enjoy uh, his creation. We had a job to do even from the beginning, so it's good for us to be at work. It was God's design for us to be busy at work. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was his name. So... Adam gave names to all cattle, to the birds of the air, to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. I want to uh, do another quick pause here. Um, it's easy uh, to read this verse and uh, understand that, yes, Adam named the animals. But I think we're, we're not doing it justice because we're not just putting in our minds what that would look like. And here is God, um, as a father, literally on the ground, uh, with his creation and enjoying his creation. You know, it's, God formed something and, ooh, what do you want to call that? Uh, a giraffe. Oh, that's good. Let's call it giraffe. Oh, that's a funny looking one. What do you want to call that one? Uh, aardvark. Oh, that's a funny name. Aardvark. I like it. Let's, let's do aardvark. Or, oh, that's a big one. What do you want to call that? Uh, elephant. And so God's just this, it's back and forth. What's the next one? To bring it to him and to enjoy it. And it's this beautiful picture of God on the ground, just enjoying creation. I'm sorry, enjoying creating with his creation. So it's just it's, it's this nice image. I don't want to let that slip by just as we're reading past it. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib, which the Lord God had taken from man, He made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones, and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother, and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. You'll not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw the tree, it was good for food. It was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate. So lust of the flesh, uh, most of the eyes, the pride of life, right there. Then the, eye, then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves and the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you should not eat? Then the man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I ate. And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, "Uh, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all the cattle, more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I'll put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be to your husband, and he will rule over you. It's easy to see um, just that of the woman now. I mean, we're grateful that um, times have gotten so less death and childbirth. Um, but we also see um, strife oftentimes in marriages where the, the back and forth between the men and the women about how, how to how to run run, run things and there's just this a strife there and uh, recently um, uh, Michelle Obama made headlines for her changing of the word of woman, mis- like changing the spelling, just trying to get man out of woman. Just You can just see it. Right here is the curse, all making sense, just the, the, the disdain uh, that some have towards the man from the woman. Then to Adam he said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, you shall not eat of it, cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. And you shall eat to the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread. Till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you shall return. This, This portion of the curse is something that's always heavy on my mind. Oftentimes uh, on Wednesdays, uh, because it's the middle of the week, um, we're, for me, rushing from work, it's, it's, we've got work on our, on our minds, distracting us at times, oftentimes our prayers are for people that are without work or, or ready to lose work, work's not going well, and so it's, it's a steady focus of us. And sometimes it's easy just to read this verse and think, "Oh, as of the ground." But we didn't outsmart the curse. We, did, although we don't all, we're not all farmers. We still deal with the, the work and the, and the toil and the, and the thorns and the thistles that we have. Um, I was going to share with you. Uh, so, just with with being work. That, you know, I, I lost my job a few weeks. I'm sorry. <laughs> a few weeks ago. Don't want to scare anybody. A few years ago. And, um, it was a hard time. You know, when, when you lose your job, you, you, you're down on yourself and you're, you're beating yourself up. And it's, it's easy to get lost in the, in the frustrations and kind of overcome Oh, what's going to happen? What are we going to do? Well, before I lost my job, I, uh, it was coming, and I, I could feel it coming, and, and the frustration was there, and it just didn't make sense. None of it made sense. And I was praying all the time, you know, like, why is this happening? You know, I'm, I'm applying for jobs, and I'm just not getting it, and nothing, nothing. Well, one morning, um, I was driving into work, you know, I was, I was praying and asking uh, God to just give me, give me a job, get me out of here, something. So I parked the car and I started walking up the path, and it was probably the, the prettiest sunrise I've ever seen in my life. Just this, this was pretty, pretty sky. The way the sun was going through the over the clouds and the trees, and it was just really just nice. You know how summer just feels good on your skin, and the, the, the morning smells like a nice morning. And just I was just taking it in, and the the dew of the grass was just sparkling, like just like dew. And at that moment, everything I was worried about just went away. It was just like, wow, thank you. Thank you for seeing this. You know, just be calm and, and just taking in the creation. And, you know, I, I, at that point, it's one of these things that's ingrained in your head. So I started to go back up uh, the pathway to go to, to go to my building. There's not a tree by me, and this bird, this bird came down just like right back up and it flew by me and it landed this field that I was just looking at like this bird's like you're gonna see me and it just flew by me and I saw this bird is boop boop and then this uh this worm was just hanging from the beak I was like, whoa look at that and then it hung there and then just ate it and my mind instantly went he's gonna take care of the birds he's gonna take care of me and it's one of these little calming things that I had you know and then uh, by God's grace yeah I did I did end up uh, losing my job but it was not long before I had another job, and just God was in control. So we can't escape uh, the frustrations that we have with work, but God is still in control, and it's easy to lose sight of that. But as we look around his creation and as he's taking care of even just the smallest of creatures, he's going to take care of us. How much more he loves us than that. So we wanted to kind of focus on that because we It's always heavy on our hearts uh, when we have prayer meetings, and uh, we talk about that. But I want to keep going here. All right, so verse 20. And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. Also, for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us to know good and evil. And now, lest he put out his hand and take also the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. So he drove out the man and he placed cherubim at the east of the garden of Eden and a flaming sword, which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. One thing, I think I, I, I by it past this, and I apologize, but um, in verse 21, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. Remember, they, they made their own makeshift uh, leaves to cover them, and after God uh, gave them uh, their discipline, all right, come here. Let me get you fixed up. Let me get you some good clothes here. Let me show you how to do it. And so it was, it was a smack. It was this, all right, all right, come here. Let me get you. Let me get you taken care of. And so God was still uh, showing them uh, His love for how He helped them uh, put everything together. So I wanted to, to share that. One other thing I thought about uh, sharing, and since we have have some time yet, I led like to uh, jump over. Uh, to Genesis chapter 18. Uh, We're heading into a month, we've entered a month where uh, sexual uh, perversion is being celebrated and it's frustrating to see, uh, but I wanted to to give some perspective uh, from God's word also in Genesis. So Genesis 18, uh, 16. This was after... uh, Abraham uh, was talking with with God and with uh, the other angels. So we'll start here in 16. Then the men, the other angels, rose up from there and looked towards Sodom. And Abraham went with them to send them on the way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing? Since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him, that they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice. And the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. And the Lord said, Because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grave, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry against it that has come to me, and if not, I will know. Then the men turned away from there and went towards Sodom. But Abraham still stood before the Lord. And Abraham came near and said, Would you also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there were 50 righteous within the city. Would you also destroy the place and not spare it? For the fifty righteous that were in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing as this, to slay the righteous with the wicked. So the righteous should be as the wicked. Far be it from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? So the Lord said, If I find in Sodom fifty righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sakes. Then Abraham answered and said, Indeed, now I am uh, but dust, and ashes have taken it upon myself to speak to the Lord. Suppose there were five less than the fifty righteous. Would you destroy all the city for lack of five? So he said, If I find there forty-five, I will not destroy it. And he spoke to him yet again and said, suppose there should be 40 found there. So he said, I will not do it for the sake of 40. Then he said, let not the Lord be angry and I will speak. Suppose 30 shall be found there. So he said, I will not do it if I find 30 there. And he said, indeed, now I have taken upon myself to speak to the Lord. Suppose 20 should be found there. So he said, I will not destroy it for the sake of 20. Then he said, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak but once more. Suppose 10 should be found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for the sake of 10. So the Lord went his way as soon as he had finished speaking with Abraham. And Abraham returned to his place. Now the angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, Here now, my lords, please, turn into your servant's house and spend the night, and wash your feet, then you may rise early and go on your way. They said, No, we will spend the night in the open square. But he insisted strongly so they turned into him and entered into his house. Then he made them a feast and baked unleavened bread, and they ate. Now, before they laid down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both old and young, all the people from every quarter surrounded the house. And they called to Lot and said to him, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us, that we may know them carnally. So Lot went out to them through the doorway, shut the door behind him, and said, Please, my brethren, do not do wickedly. See, now I have two daughters who have not known a man. Please, please let me bring them out to you, and you may do to them as you wish. Only do nothing to these men, since there is a reason they have not come under the shadow of my roof. And he said, Stand back. And they said, This one came to stay here, and he keeps acting as a judge. Now we will deal worse with you than with them. So they pressed hard against the man lot. It came near to break down the door, but the men reached out their hands and pulled Lot into the house with them and shut the door. And they struck the men who were at the doorway of the house with blindness, both small and great. So they became weary trying to find the door. Then the men said to Lot, have you anyone else here, son-in-law, your sons, your daughters, whomever you have in the city, take them out of this place, for we will destroy this place because the outcry against them has grown great. Before the face of the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and spoke to his sons in law, who had married his daughters, and said, Get up, get out of this place, for the Lord will destroy it. But to his sons in law, he seemed to be joking. When the morning dawned, the angels urged Lot to hurry, saying, Arise, take your wife, your two daughters, who are here, lest you be consumed in the punishment of the city. And while he lingered, The men took hold of the hand, his wife's hand, and the hands of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful to him. And they brought him out and set him outside the city. So it came to pass, when they had brought them outside, and he said, Escape for your life. Do not look behind you, nor stay anywhere in the plain. Escape to the mountains, lest you be destroyed. Then Lot said to them, Please, no, my lords. Indeed, now your servant has found favor in your sight. And you have increased your mercy, which you have shown me by saving my life. But I cannot escape to the mountains, lest some evil overtake me, and I die. See, now this city is near, enough to flee to it. It's just a little one. Please, let me escape there. Is it not a little one? And my soul shall live. And he said to him, Shall I have favored you concerning this thing also, and that I will not overthrow this city for which you have spoken? Hurry, escape there. For I cannot do anything until you arrive there. Therefore, the name of that city was called Zoar. I want to pause. Well, a lot kind of going on here. Uh, but remember when Abraham was pleading uh, for the city. You know, he had such concern for this wicked city. And he got down to ten people. Just ten. To save his whole city. And we know that there was. Lot and his wife and two daughters. And we know because there was a plural that there were at least two other daughters and two other son-in-laws, which is eight. What if that plural was three, a family, another daughter, another son-in-law, 10? Could that family have saved that city? Or was Abraham even thinking could they have maybe even influenced two other people I mean, Lot spent so much time with Abraham that Lot was hoping, maybe this family can just make a difference, but they didn't. It's important for us, too, to um, look around, and sometimes we might think that we don't make much of a difference, but we do. You know, if the Lord, Lord was willing to save a whole city for just ten people, You know how much more for us? Is, I mean, you saw how much Abraham was pleading. What about just this and just that and the Lord's patience with him as he was just keep going and going? We should not be shy to keep pressing and that we should not um, uh, be overtaken by maybe how big our area is, but we should just keep pushing forward. But it's interesting to me uh, to think about it, that if he was thinking about just maybe Lot's family had enough of an influence to just turn two other people or maybe just Lot's family himself of 10 it could have made a difference so just wanted to just share that as well I am um, grateful uh, that we have God's word to turn to when we are feeling uh, frustrated uh, by what's going on in the world we see those that have gone before us that what they what they have encountered. Uh, greater, uh, we, we think greater obstacles than ours, but we should not diminish our own and what we also can can do here. And then also, um, sometimes it's easy to get kind of overcome in our own despair when things are not going our way or we're getting worried. but God's in control. We just got to be still. and when we look at His creation we can just take that in. And as we head into this month of depravity, and perversion. We can just um, take note that God was willing to save for even just a, a handful of people. So we should not give up. Just keep pushing forward. We don't know uh, what that outcome could be. Abraham didn't know. He was, he was pushing, and we should keep pushing as well. So I'd like to just uh, thank you all for your time, and then I'll just uh, end us with prayer. Uh, Lord, I am uh, beyond grateful, Lord, that we have your word, that as you spoke to Abraham, uh, should you share, you have shared with us. You have not hidden anything from us. We have uh, the history of those uh, saints that have gone before us. We have the history of those who have uh, faced damnation that we can look to. We also know the future of what's coming, that we are heading into hard times, that the love of others is waxing cold and that's it's just gonna keep getting harder. But we have a gift here of this church, and we have you, and we have great strength, exceeding great reward you are. And we are thankful that you have not hidden anything from us. We have your words so plentiful available to us. I pray we would not uh, take that lightly. Thank you for hard times at work. to Help us know that we are still dealing with the curse, that uh, we still deal with thorns and thistles uh, but that you are still in control. We love you, Lord, and we are eternally grateful. But help us not to just uh, just be grateful for what you've given us, but also just share that good news uh, with others and to give them great warning that it's coming, destruction is coming. And hurry, save yourselves through you, through your gift. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.